I was much younger, I was, you know, I was really close to my dad. I, he, he had a massive influence on me. So I pretty much saw the world through his eyes and the way that he was. He used to dress very well, so my consciousness, people should dress nice. Welcome to Ask the Pros, where I do my very best to unpack actionable, valuable insights and with the goal of helping you live your dream life. I sit down with top entrepreneurs, professionals, making a difference around the globe so they can tell their stories. In doing so, I aim to inspire and motivate other people that may be struggling or looking for a new spark around their personal life or career path. Welcome to Axe Pros, where we talk to professionals, entrepreneurs, and people making a difference around the globe. They tell their stories. As we know, every story is different. Every story is unique, you know, to that particular individual, you know. So the, the whole aim is for them to tell their stories, and hopefully their story would inspire and motivate someone out there. Today, I've got a friend, you know, I've known her, I can say I've known her all my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've known her for a very long time now, over 10 years, you know, we've been very, very good friends, you know, and, and she's yet to tell her story. I know we'll be motivated and inspired from her story. And apart from telling her story, she also has a brand, but she's a fashion designer, you know, and we'll go dive into that a, a bit, you know. So Kane Day, alone, like, hey, welcome to Ask the Pros. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Kane Day, what do you, what do you have for us for today? I would like to talk to you about my brand, my clothing brand, and also to introduce who I am to you and um, what I've been up to with my clothing brand and, you know, my other life. I think it's possible to wear two caps, which is what I do, because I have a day job, which is separate from my business. I actually work for development. I work specifically on conflicts in the Middle Belt. So I travel to the Middle Belt states quite often. I wear rain boots and caps and <laughs> walk into the communities. Basically to help people that have been displaced. But uh, I've also had a passion for fashion design and for fashion in general. I, I've always been a very fashionable person. I think that's heavy to actually because my father was a very fashionable person. So now I have never met a man that is as fashionable as my dad was. That's cool, Kenny. So let's, let's roll it back a bit, you know. So who is Kenny? Where were you born and how was Kenny growing up as a kid? Okay, this is the part where I wish I could tell you, oh, I was born in the United States, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Nigeria. As a Nigerian, I was born in University College Hospital in Badon because my father was a doctor, so and he worked in UCH, so naturally I was born in UCH in Badon. And um, I grew up in Badon. I went to All Saints Church School, Jericho in Badon. And I went to ISI, International School in Badon, Secondary School. And then I went to University of Badon. I'm a full blown Badon chick when it comes to my best, you know, my. Full-blown full full Ibadan, Ibadan babe. Yes, that's who I am. You can see, like, we're like the creme de la creme, the best of the best. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. Then I studied law at University of Ibadan. I went on to law school in Abuja. And then I went to do a master's in human rights law at Grammar University of London. And 
I started to work in development. So basically, I I am doing what I read in school. But then the other side of me is the fashion design, which is something that I just love to do. It helps to ease a lot of tension. It's effortless to me. I don't have to think about it. I can just imagine that, oh, this is something that I love. And then I imagine it and then I draw it. And I love to bring that to life. So how many siblings have you got? I have four other siblings. My, I have one brother and three sisters. So I'm a twin. Being a twin, was it always the case of your parents always wanted you to dress dress alike and wear the same the same kind of clothes? Absolutely, they would buy everything the same, and we didn't we didn't like that, you know. <laughs> I mean, my dad would buy the same earrings and the same socks, not different colors, though. the same thing. <laughs> Round earrings, really round earrings. That was, this is what we got when we were growing up. So at what age did you guys realize that, um, Kennedy, Tyro, we're not going to be dressing alike anymore? At what age did you realize that? You'll be shocked if I tell you because then we went on to university and we had the option of buying our own stuff. But then we, we ended up still buying the same things and then we still used to dress the same way. Even though nobody was asking us to do that anymore. So, and we still do that till now. Like she would travel and come back and buy me something that she has and vice versa. I mean, we just celebrated our birthday like a couple of weeks ago and we wore the same thing. And nobody, no parents is asking us to do that now. So. How do you feel? Feel about being a twin. No, no. How, how do you, when you now you you still wear the same the same stuff? How do you, how, how do you feel about that? You do you feel somewhat like do you feel some type of way yeah. like you know? It's normal to me. It's normal. Uh, this dress I'm wearing, Taiwo has it. He has his dress. <laughs> it, it's now normal. There's nothing strange about that anymore. It's, it's absolutely normal. Okay, so. Growing up as a little girl, Candy, what were you gravitated to? What, 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 what did you love doing as a little girl? Oh, wow. I loved, well, I was very quiet. I didn't used to say anything. I was a really quiet child, very reserved. My twin sister is the complete opposite of me. I remember that the teachers would always tell her, why can't you be quiet like your sister? And she hated that. She hated that comparison. I, I just liked being at home. I've always been massive introverted. I'm not the outgoing type. So I love being at home. I love cooking. I was fascinated by cooking. You know, I, I remember my mom always sending me out of the kitchen because she thought I was too young. I was very interested in cleaning the house. I'm a neat freak. I still do that till now. Okay. I, was, I was interested in things that you know, you think I because I was supposed to be a bit more adult to do that, but as a child, I think I was a good child, very quiet, reserved, homely, loved to cook, loved to clean the house. That was the kind of child that I was. Didn't, didn't really like school much though. Okay, cool, cool. Because cool. I'm going to die right now. I know your, I know your dad was. Yeah. A, I know your, I know your dad. You know was well read. Your mom is also, you know, well read. You know, and you and your sister studied law. So, 
was was it was it a case of because we we all know African parents they they all wanted to do certain things you know probably do what they what they wanted to do you know so was it a case of you know your dad said Kendi and Taiwo you guys have to be lawyers you got to go you have to go and study law was huh? was it that situation no no no, no. so why why dad law? Was, why law hmm. dad was a doctor so he really wanted all the all his kids to be doctors that was his own plan <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, because because your you know, because because your your elder brother is a doctor, right? Yes, he's a doctor, and he wanted all of us to be doctors. But um, I think by the time he started to pursue Taiwan, he saw that it was hopeless because <laughs> we're not passing physics, we're not passing the chemistry. So it was pretty much okay. You know what? These guys they're not collaborating. So, but I wanted to study law actually. I I learned that as when I was a younger child anything anybody upsets me I'll start shouting my rights my rights my rights so I've always been very conscious of the fact that you know I have rights and nobody should abuse my rights I was very human rightsy in the in my approach to things I always loved justice so I think it was just natural I grew up and everybody just said oh, this girl has to study law because you know every time she's always fighting for her rights so i actually went to study law because i that's what i wanted to do nobody nobody forced me to do that what about your sister how come she started study law as well well i mean tarot is you know we filled the same courses and we passed the same courses and we passed courses that were just lawy like we were very in literature english you know all of that so My dad was very insistent on us doing professional courses. So if you can't pass physics, chemistry, you go and study law. So we ended up studying law. You know, he was happy about that, and we we're, were cool with it. What other things inspires you as, as Kendi? What inspires Kendi? Hmm. Through the years, that has you know, I've had a lot of changes. You know, when I was much younger. Maybe I wasn't this inspired, um, <laughs> but now I think I'm I'm massively inspired by so many things. Uh, when I was much younger, I was you know I was really close to my dad. I, he he had a massive influence on me, so I pretty much saw the world through his eyes and the way that he was. He used to dress very well, so my consciousness people should dress nice. And when I was in school, I used to dress really nice. If I can say so myself, <laughs> my clothes were a priority for me. So you know anything that will bring more clothes or create clothes or anything like that, that was something that was important to me. And um, also, I was I was inspired to do well because I had parents that did very well in their career. I had working class parents who so always, you know, rose to the ladder. And I saw that they were, you know, shining and look good. And I thought you have to you have to do well as well. I mean, this is this is the life that I know. So yeah. So studied law. Take, take us a bit through through that part, you know. How how was how was school like? How was how, how was uni like? Was it was it easy? Was it was there a lot of challenges around around that? Well, when I was in UI, a lot of challenges studying law in UI. I mean, I think I romanticized law and the way that it was. I thought it was just about going and saying this is my right and you know everything will be fine. <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then when I got into UI, I found out that you know, yeah, law one one and jurisprudence and all sorts of things. 
And the method of teaching was so difficult because I, I, I think I tell myself that I have a very simple mind. I like you to break it into bits for me to understand what you're talking about. And the minutes I don't understand, I can't function. I can't, I can't function. And we had teachers back then, in my opinion, and you know, that basically just come, they just they take the notes and go away. And that just didn't it was just not something that that I was I was used to. And then so you have all these notes with what this guy has said and you have to break it down and it was it was a lot of pressure. Nobody ever thought that I could practice law. You know, I think they lost me in UI. Like I've never gone to court for one day because I just thought, okay, life has to be nicer than this. This is so was there a point where you talked to yourself and said, Kendi, you know, I can't do this anymore. You know, you you, you probably thought of like maybe change to something else, doing something else. Oh no no. You when when you have a father like mine, you don't change to something else. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you can't do that. <laughs> I had to stick with it till the very end. So, you know, and that's what I did. I stuck with it to the very end. My dad would tell you, if you have my blood flowing through your veins, you can do anything. You are not a quitter. So, you know, even though I was much younger then, I, I knew that quitting was not an option. If I how do you want to go home and tell him why? I can't do it anymore. Why? Of course you have to do it. So for some I knew I had to do it. And you know, I was, I was really happy that with God helping me. I mean I have to put that God factor there because at some point I had to call on God to help me. With God helping me, I was able to graduate with my sets with a two two to some people seems like yeah it's a tutu but for me it was like oh my God like star, 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 star. If you compare <laughs> what I've been through, it, you know, it was amazing. So, and I recall that when I graduated from UI, I thought, okay, let me just carry this one, just throw it away. Like it's, <laughs> let me just go on to something else. And then my dad started talking about law school, and I'm like, law school? I don't want to go to law school. He said, no, you have to go to law school, because if you don't go to law school, then you just wasted all the years of you are even, you're not a lawyer. And I thought this guy was joking. <laughs> <laughs> the law school require you to write, write another set of exams? No, no, no. Law school, you know, if you graduate from UI or from any university, you just, you, you just, uh, you take a form and you fill it and then you go to law school. So it was that simple. So, well, I mean, I had the, the kind of father I had he tells you what to do and just do it. <laughs> There's no option. So I found myself in law school. So where was law school? Law school was in Abuja. Okay. You went to law school in Abuja. You know, was was that when you fell in love with Abuja? Because I know you, you still live in Abuja, right? Yes, I live in Abuja. I still live in Abuja. So I went to law school in Abuja. <laughs> the, the studying law in UI was nothing com- compared to what I went through in Abuja. Like it was. <laughs> I was reading all the time. Not reading to understand, but reading out of fear. Like, do not drop that book. You drop that book, you feel just keep staying at it. Even if you're feeling sleepy, just keep staying at this book. Because one of I hate to fail. I hate to fail. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, went through law school and I passed. I think Tara and I 
going through you and going through loss of one person as in, I think this is one of the greatest things that my dad experienced. He was so happy. I mean, he was so happy. And um, yeah, from there, we went to do our master's. Master's was easy, actually. Very easy. I, I, did, a hum, I did human rights law at, at uh, one of the London schools. Okay. Mary University of London. And, you know, that was stress-free. It was right up my alley, you know. I understood. <laughs> we're having discussions with the lecturers. I was not intimidated by what they were saying. In fact, at some point, they used to call me president of Africa because I would speak for Africa and, you know, <laughs> rep my country. And, you know, it was great. And I think it was when I did my master's that I realized that, you know, I understood why my dad had made that course and forced me to go through because then I had a passion for development and for human rights and I knew that I wanted to do more with it. Like, you know, like, okay, this is good. This is good. I couldn't wait to finish and then start working. And I have been working with it ever since. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, I'll continue to grow working with it. I recall that when I was going to do my master's, everybody kept saying human rights law. What are you going to do with human rights law? There's no money in human rights. <laughs> and my dad would say, don't mind, don't mind them, don't mind them. Just just keep going, just keep going. Just do what you want to do. The money will come. The money will come. Yeah. Yeah, the money will come. Just put your mind into what you're doing and the money will come. I think for me, first things first is you, you, you don't really you don't really think about the money, you know, you just do, do what you love doing. You know, if that's what you love doing, you just do what you're doing, you know, and I, and I, I think the money comes after. Yeah, absolutely. I was very happy to have somebody tell me that when, when I was so young and I didn't understand. Knowing what you know now, you know, with, with all your experiences from, um, from, from university of Ibadan and how you, you know, went through, went through law school, you know, all that, should I should I say stress or difficulty? You know, would you if someone comes to you and says, "Kenny, I, I want to study law," you know, is it a good course to study? What would you What would you tell the person? <laughs> 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 of course, I mean, law is law is law, right? Law is very broad. It's fantastic. I mean, I don't I don't practice law. I don't go to court or anything like that. But. The knowledge of it, I think it puts me on a pedestal because, number one, I'm able to defend myself <laughs> a lot, which is very important for you to know what your rights are and what your limitations are and what is okay for people to do to you and what is not okay for people to do to you. So I think it also helps you even in your drafting skills, your writing skills, your analytical skills. Law is, is great. It's just, uh, I think the advice I'll give is it's not a walk in a park like I thought it was. It's not just about threatening people about your rights. You have to do a lot of reading. <laughs> you have to do a lot of reading. And, you know, this is what, not what I bargained for when I went in there. But it's, it's, all, it's all for good now. It's all for good. So it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. So, Kenny, I know you've got a fashion brand. You know, Kende yeah. the lawyer and Kende fashion. What what's what are we what are we missing here? What how how did that come about? Hmm. You know, I mentioned to you earlier that uh, my dad was a fashion fashion icon, as far as I am concerned. Okay. Like, 
I don't think there was a day that he just didn't look like somebody from a GQ magazine. <laughs> and he wore everything. There's, I mean, there's nothing he didn't wear. He was, wasn't the kind of guy that would wear something in particular and wouldn't wear something. I mean, there was nothing he didn't wear. So I kind of grew up like that. And I also believe that it's hereditary because I... Even when I was watching, I'm like, she want to go out and call me and say, which tie should I wear? Which cap should I wear? You know? So I I was alive to combining clothes and understanding fashion and understanding that people should dress properly and dress well. Um, very, very early on. And of course, when I was in, when I was in secondary school and... I had to wear uniforms, but when I got to university, we had to wear whatever we, we liked. So I think that gave me the opportunity to really express myself and to be able to wear things that I liked and things I considered to be nice. I used to use pretty much maybe say three quarters of my allowance to buy clothes. I was always buying clothes. It was never enough. There was always something nice to buy, to wear. My perfect day was me looking nice. That was my perfect day. It was very important to me. So, and that has stayed with me. You know, it stayed with me. This is this is part of me. Very important. Doesn't change. Just that, you know, now that I'm older and busier, sometimes I can just wear something and go. <laughs> but then, you know, I still appreciate good clothes when I see. I've influenced so many people around me, my husband. <laughs> But then um, for the fashion uh, line, um, I used to buy a lot of my clothes because I just didn't, on. I, I mean, I remember when we were much younger, my mom would try to make us clothes. I hated those clothes. They were so, there was something not nice about them. You know, every time she said, oh, let's go to the tailor, it was more like, oh my God, what are we going to wear here now? <laughs> so <laughs> I grew up thinking that clothes that are nice would have to be bought and you can't make them. So I recall that uh, when I was just finishing from law school, my twin sister actually, she went out and came back one day. She came back home and said she had seen this lady and that she was wearing this really nice Ankara dress and she asked the lady where she had where she made it and the and she got a number for the tailor that made it. And I was like, okay. I, I didn't see the Ankara dress and I was not interested because I really had a mindset that clothes that are made are rubbish. <laughs> if you want to look good, buy your clothes. <laughs> so anyway, she just, she table went, she bought uh, Ankara fabric and then she gave this tailor the fabric to make clothes for me and for, for her. And she brought the clothes back and they were perfect. I could not believe how perfect they were. Oh my God, they were so perfect. If not because they were Ankara, I would not believe that they were made. I would not believe that anybody could make something like that. So I got interested. I mean, that really interested me. Like, wow, I just drew this down. This guy made this thing. So I asked her, okay, let's invite this guy. So we invited him. We gave him more clothes, more fabric. He went, made more things, and we just got hooked. And we just started making clothes. Then we'll give him fabric, and then he would... Maybe his return time will be like maybe two weeks, three weeks. It was too long. So we asked him, you know, it's taking too long. Why? He said, does he have electricity? His sewing machine has issues, blah, blah, blah. 
So we said, okay, no problem. So we pretty much set up a shop for him downstairs. We bought him a sewing machine and we asked him, you know, we have fabric, just come make the clothes in the house and go when you're done. So he'll come, he'll do that uninterrupted and he'll go. So I got into it. I had a waterfall of clothes that I made for myself. And you know, that was that was that was how I started making clothes. But I never occurred to me to sell the clothes. I wanted to continue to create these things. I love the fact that I could put pen to paper and draw something and somebody will make it and it'll be amazing. I just that was just amazing. So one day a family friend came and said, you know, you're, you're, you have so many of these things and you don't, you're, you're not even an outgoing person. Where do you wear all these things? So why don't you just start saying them? And I was like, hmm, I can actually make money selling these things. You, you never thought of selling. You just wanted to just make those clothes and just wear them. I never thought of selling. I never, it never occurred to myself. Why? I never thought <laughs> of I was just into the fact that I could make them and wear them. So that was the first time it occurred to me that, you know, you could actually sell them and make some money. So I made the first batch, maybe like 10 of different things. And I, and I sold them and I saw that people were very excited and they bought them off. And I made the next batch and people bought them off and that was how I started making these clothes. So now I actually make a lot of clothes. I don't wear a lot of them because for me, it's, it's not about the wearing for me, it's about my ability to create, collect fabrics that that I like, and to be able to draw something that I like, and to be able to, to bring it to life. And I think the best part of it is when somebody else buys it and wears it and is happy wearing it. That's for me. That's just the ultimate. So, so that was that's what gives you satisfaction. Major satisfaction. Okay, cool. So, so tell us, tell us about this, uh, this this clothing brand. What's the name of your brand? Well, everybody gets, uh, everybody. Gets, I I keep experiencing this jaw breaking movement. <laughs> when I started, you know, selling the clothes, then my older sister Lola says, um. So why are you going to call it? Because now it's it's a brand. So I said, I don't know. What should we call it? And she said, let's call it Belle du And I said, what does that mean? And she said, it means the bell of the day, like the sense of attention. So I really love that. Like if you wear something that I make, you'll be the center of attention. So it's... it's well, do you think it's a, it's a name that, that people would easily buy into or relate to being knowing that you're in Nigeria, you know, and you're selling you're selling African prints like Ankara, right? It's the it's actually a French it's actually a French okay. name. Okay, it's a French name. Yes, and I don't want to be a local champion. <laughs> so, <laughs> when you say you don't want to be a local a local champion, what what are you implying? Yeah, so what I'm saying is, even though I'm massive fascinated by African fabrics, because I use strictly African fabrics like Ankara, Adire, even though I'm massive fascinated by the local African fabrics, um, I don't mind that the name is not a local African name because uh, I like I like to be broad. 
So, I mean, maybe sometime in future, when I get older and less conservative, I might change the name. But for right now, we've been doing Bell Juju Couture for years now. So, it's okay. So, so, Lola, so Lola inspired the name and you, and you love the name. Yes. And what, I just love the name. And yeah. so what was, what was next? Yes, yeah, so we started to make the clothes, you know, uh, did a lot of quite a number of fashion shows. Um, I have uh, specific customers, but I don't rely on specific customers. I just, I just trust how I feel about the design and I just put it out there. I recall that when I first of all started making the clothes, you know, when, when we got a little bit, a little bit bigger than just making five clothes to sell. I had people come to me and they say, oh, you know, there's this new trend. Why don't you do it this way? Why don't you do it this way? And I said, no, I, I need to trust how I'm feeling here and what I like. And that's what I do. Yes. Uh, because when I, when I go to London and I go to Gap, I know what I'm going to expect from Gap. Gap will make, you know, the conservative, the T-shirts and the jeans and, you know, that's what Gap will do. If they have dresses, they're quite conservative for quality. If you go to Zara, you know that in Zara you have fashionable clothes. So, so hugging the body. Exactly. <laughs> so you know Zara is not trying to be like Gap, and Gap is not trying to be like Zara. Yeah. So so I don't want to be like anybody else. I just want to be true to how I feel about clothes. Yeah. You just you just, wanna, I, you just and you just want to define define your own style as well. Exactly. And that's what I, I, I'm very proud to say. This is what I have done. I don't make anything that I don't like. I don't make anything that I can't wear. I'm not swayed by what is in or what is out. I basically make things that fascinate me, things that I like. I collect, I'm a fabric collector. I collect fabric over time and then I just keep making what I like, what I feel, what I like. I also like I believe in clean lines. I don't like anything too fussy. I think less is more. So you won't see me making clothes that have too many things happening all over the place. I love to keep it clean, love to keep it simple, love to keep it comfortable. You know, and that's that's what I've done so far. And you also go, I also understand that a lot of people would love it and a lot of people may not like it, but it's okay. Just like some people don't like that. And some people don't like Zara, but it's fine. I mean, you know, if you love it, I'm happy. If you don't, yeah, you can move over to the next show. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess, I guess, if all you're doing is good and 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 the quality is right, you know, people will definitely gravitate to 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 whatever you're doing. Yeah. So, Absolutely. so where do you, where do you see your brand in the next five years? Ooh, that's a big question. You know, because um, because I work full time. I think that we, I wish we could have grown bigger than we have now, but my day job takes a lot of my time. So uh, because of that, we were going very, very slowly, steady, slowly, steady. But I plan to dedicate more time, God willing, dedicate more time and hope that, you know, I, you know, the creative side, I do that very well. The getting it right, the quality control, this is my area of strength. 
But for the marketing and for people to know what I do and for people to know why I do it and for people to know where to find it, you know, this is the part that I need to pay more attention to. So I'm hoping that in five years, that we'll be at least, we'll be global. (laughs) (laughs) We're global now. Yeah. So from... So, so from what from from what I understand is you don't you don't have a team yet. It's just you doing everything, right? No, I do have a team because I don't I don't I don't sew the clothes. No, no. I'm, I'm when, when I mean when when I mean a team, like you, you know, like the marketing part of it, you know, quality quality checks. No, no, I, no, exactly. I don't I don't have that right now. Okay. I don't no the quality checks. I do that. The creative the creativity is mine. The fabric uh, is mine. The, all the materials, mine. I'm the one that does everything. The sewing, I have tailors that do that, and I scrutinize and micromanage and ensure that it's done in the way that I want it to be done. But when it comes to the marketing side and you know bringing it to the world, this is a part that we need to focus on going forward. So, yeah. so do you do do you do like bespoke like someone tells you candy I, I want i want i want you to make something special for me do you do you do all that as well or you just you just do do your own your own set of designs uh when i first started out because i i, I hadn't defined it yet so some people say oh kenny can you make this for me and i was doing that but i stopped very quickly because i thought i saw that it was very stressful you know, I'm a woman and I love women so much. I mean, I I defend women all the time. However, <laughs> we can be troublesome. Oh my God. They'll bring the fabric and say, oh, short sleeve. And then they say, oh, it's too short. It's too long. <laughs> and I don't have the threshold for all of that. So all I do now is ready to wear. Okay, that's what I have on the rack. You like it, you buy it, you don't like it, thank you. You can go. That's what I do. I don't collect fabric to make clothes for people anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, but was that is that is that something you think you know in the nearest future you probably you probably want to do that like collect like because the reason why, the reason why I'm asking is I I know that a lot of people don't don't probably don't want to just wear like something they will see somewhere else like a general kind of stuff they they want something for like unique for them. Yes, you know, for every Belgian couture outfit, okay, we have two. Okay, two. Okay, that's good. So you know, you don't find something that we made in two hundred places. You don't find that, and it's because we understand that women like that exclusivity. That you know, it's just me, maybe somebody else that lives in Bombay State or something, and that's the end of it. So um, for that, yes, we, we do that. For the fabric collection bits, I'm going back to the Zara and yeah, they have a lot of customers and they don't collect fabric from anybody. So I don't I want pressure to do that because I rather have this niche and just stick there than to want to please everybody and test up. What I don't want is that you bring a fabric to me and you're not satisfied with with what we're going to do with it. When I start to collect fabric, then I'm forced to make the style for you that you want. And that takes me away from my own creativity. In fact, 
when I was collecting fabrics from people, they will come and tell me, oh, the skirts, do this, do that, do, and there are just too many things going on. And I didn't like half of the styles that they were asking me to make, and it didn't make me happy making clothes like that. So I'd rather stick to what I like and just, you know, continue to strong them up and hope that, you know, so basically what you what you're saying is that once you have a like a like like a season next season you don't you don't repeat that design it's it's it is a whole is a whole new design entirely mostly no mostly we don't repeat any design because i i i'm constantly being inspired by different things so it's usually different from from you know the last Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so when 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 Kende is not designing, or Kende is not working, you know, what does Kende do? What what do you do for fun? Fun. <laughs> you know what? In two thousand and twenty, I plan to have fun. <laughs> you made you made that sound. You made that sound like a very like a very like a very hard thing to do. Honestly, because, you know, my work is so demanding. My day job is so demanding. Oh, my God. And, you know, then I come back and I'm trying to also cater to this passion that I have to make clothes. And also, you know, I'm a, I'm a homemaker. I love, I love my home. I spend a lot of time putting my home together. I'm also, I also, my husband says I have OCD. Actually, everybody says I have OCD. <laughs> must arrange things in a certain way everything must be nice and clean and tidy so by the time I'm done with all that the day is over <laughs> day is over and that's it so but in 2020 I think I'll do more for fun but to be honest I love to travel I love to shop I love to go to the cinema once in a while I like eating at really nice restaurants nice I don't like eating bad food <laughs> and I don't like horrible places. <laughs> nice ambience, good food. You know, I love to do that. I like entertaining. I like hosting people. I've had quite a number of people at my home for dinner. I love like conversations. I love watching crap TV, uh, Africa Magic, uh, Yoruba, Hausa, Ibo, <laughs> Rock TV. <laughs> Netflix, whatever, everything. I love watching TV. I read. I like to read. I read every day, every morning. I read something. Uh, last year, I read about 10, 10 books last year. So what's, what's the so, latest book you're reading now? It's called, well, I, I usually read um, just Christian books. That's what I read. So this, this time I'm reading... Uh, Answered prayers guaranteed. <laughs> That's the title. That, that sounds. That That's sounds like that. That just sounds like a like like a five like a like a five day prayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Five five day pray <laughs> fasting and prayer. <laughs> no, it's actually it's nothing like that. Actually, it's nothing like that. It's, it's actually a book. Uh, what's the name of the author now? Some American guy. It's it's good. It's cool. So yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I love plants. I love plants. 
a lot. So I spend a lot of time in the tending to my plants, wetting them, making sure they're green. You mentioned them um, traveling. Where, when, where, where was the last place you you, you traveled to? Uh, in Nigeria or outside Nigeria? Out, outside Nigeria. Okay, last place I traveled to was Canada. I went to Canada for the very first time last year. How how was it? Very cold. <laughs> very very cold. I don't like it when it's cold. You know, I know that they said Canada is cold, but it was in May for crying out loud. I didn't expect that I was going to be freezing. It was really cold, but you know, it was really beautiful. Um, and the people are so nice. I couldn't believe how nice they were. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. So you don't that that's that just says that you, you don't have plans of moving out of Nigeria anytime soon. <laughs> man, we have to make Nigeria work because man, this is the place to be. <laughs> this is the place to be. I'd rather just travel, say hi to you guys, and come back home. That's that's my perfect life. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, Kenny, what 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 do you miss the most? I miss mm-hmm. in life or now, what do you miss in, in general? I miss my father. Oh my God! Every day, all the time, every minute of the day, I was a massive. Well, I'm still I'm still a massive daddy's girl. It was a major part of my life. Major part of my life. So I miss him a lot, all the time, every day. And it's good sometimes because, you know, you were asking me earlier, what drives me? Yep. That drives me <laughs> to do well, to make him proud, to, to excel, you know, to make him happy, you know, to do what he want me to do, to handle situations in the way that he want me to handle situations. Yeah, I wish, I wish it was still here. <laughs> so have you, have you ever been, been in a situation where, where you were probably in a kind of like a difficult situation and you were to make certain decisions, you know, did you ever reflect and think that, oh, if daddy was here, I would have just called all him? All the time, all the time, <laughs> all the time, all the time all the time but you know because we had so many of those conversations so when when i've just tried to remember like okay the last time this happened what did he say and then you know i'll try to do what's what's what he would have recommended or what he would have wanted so that happens all the time all the time i'm i'm not as horrible as as sometimes i want to be <laughs> because i know that he wouldn't recommend that <laughs> do things properly and say things properly even when I'm upset I'll rein it in rein it in and you know make him proud say it well do it well make him proud make him proud that is super important to me yeah but but I hope that you know the the love for your dad and always want to seek his opinion whatever in difficult situations hope hope that don't pull a pressure on your on your husband (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> I would like to believe that it doesn't, <laughs> because and this is why I'll say that. This is why I'll say that. You know, when I got married, 
also the time when my father died. When he calls me, the first thing he will say is, how is daily? Before he will say, how are you? Okay. You know. So I know that he was very happy that I was married to Dili. He was very happy that, you know, that he wanted my marriage to work out. He had his interest in how to, everything I do, the way that I'm feeling about my father is in my husband's interest, actually. <laughs> because, you know, I know that my father wants me to make him happy, so I make him happy. So I think, I think, I don't think that... No, no comparison at any point. Yes. <laughs> Why you have to me with this question? <laughs> of course, it is. You know, my, my, my earlier days of being married, I see a lot of that. <laughs> you see, you see, that's what, that's, that's what I'm trying to drag out of you. You see, you see, uh-huh, continue. <laughs> I did so much of that. Like, my father would never say that. My father would never do that. My father would do this. You know, and my husband would be like, I am not your father. <laughs> like, no, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Now I've learned to not do that so much of that anymore because he doesn't like it. That's I, I think he understands where I'm coming from. You know, a girl's first love, that's her dad. And when you're when you have massive clothes to your father, it's very difficult. Yeah, it's big. It's so big. It's, it's massive. It's 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 big. I've got I've I've got two girls at the moment, and I and I I can see that you know they are they're always you know wanting to just run to me and you know and and oh. I know and I know that you know I'm you know by grace of God I'm still going to be with them till they get married, but. You know, I know it's going to be difficult where they would, okay, daddy is no longer here. You know, like, you know, this is kind of like strange. Absolutely. That's it. So, you know, you know, I mean, there's there's no love like a father's love. You can't find that anywhere. And that's, it's very difficult for you to move away from. It's very difficult for me to move away from. So my husband is patient enough with me to, you know, go, go through all of that. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So knowing knowing what you know now, you know, your experiences, you know, what you've been through in life, you know, what would you tell a young a younger Kendi? I'll tell a younger Kendi to believe in herself more, to trust herself more. Um, to understand that I'm special in my own way and that God has a plan for my life and don't try to be like anybody else. Just stay true to yourself and, you know, you'll be fine. Because sometimes um, when I see younger people now, and I can't believe I'm saying younger people, man, because I'm, I'm older now. <laughs> you know, when I see younger people, <laughs> when I see younger people, you know, you're trying to be like somebody, dress like somebody, do like this, do like that. You kind of lose your own individuality. I, I'm sure I did a lot of that when I was much younger as well. You know, just trying to tailor myself or my thoughts or my way to something or someone. But now I understand that I am special. I am unique. I'm different. I am created this way for a purpose. I like who I am. I don't try to be anybody else. I think I'm just like the best thing that happened after sliced bread. So <laughs> I, only wish that, I only wish that I knew that, you know, a lot earlier in my life so that, you know, I think my journey would have been easier and smoother. I've come to 
major self-realization of who I am. I can go out without makeup and I'm okay. I can go out with makeup and I'm fine. I'm not intimidated by anybody or anything. I think this is the best place to be ever. I think that that also gives you gives you happiness as well. Peace, happiness, yes. contentment, yes. purpose. Self-satisfaction. Satisfaction. Yeah. 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 For those that, that are listening and, and, and they want to buy Kende's brand, Kende, what Kende is making, what Kende is thinking, you know, where should those people go to get Kende's clothing? Okay. I have an Instagram page, which is Adveljukuto, uh, Nigeria. Okay. You can follow me. I've been looking for followers <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Trust, trust me, trust me, trust me on that, Candy. We, we're all looking for followers. <laughs> Follow me. And then, you know, I also, my twin sister, she actually um, is at Adela Flowers. She sells fresh flowers in Lagos. Okay. She has a store. So I have a place in her store where, you know, the clothes are hanging. So basically, my twin and I share a, a store. Where is this store in Lagos? Number 51. Raymond Njoku Streets off Awolowo Road, Nikoi, Lagos. Okay, that's cool, 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 Kende. It was nice talking to you, Kende. You've done really well for yourself, you know, from law school, working and having your own fashion brand as an as an entrepreneur, you know. How do you really manage your time now? You, you got your nine to five, you got your own thing going, and you got your family as well, you know. How do you manage all that time? God. <laughs> <laughs> It's just God. And you know, when you enjoy what you do, you don't you don't feel it. It doesn't feel like stress or work. That's the truth. You know, I remember that um, when I'll do when I'll have a collection and I'll do a photo shoot and I'll send the pictures to my dad, he'll respond and say exactly the same thing. How do you find the time to do all this? If I were your boss, I'll get you fired because I'm thinking <laughs> something is Something is wrong somewhere, Jesus. you know. But when I when you love what you're doing, you always find the time. You always find the time. I remember the days when I wake up in the middle of the night to draw a sketch. That has happened to me. Just because I just love to do it. Yeah, so. and, he, and he says, and it says in the, in the Bible that your, your gift will make room for you. So if you love what you do, well, it, it's going to pay off at the end of the day anyway. Absolutely. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, Kenny, it's been nice talking to you. You know, I appreciate the time. And um, hopefully, we'll be able to do this one more time. You know? <laughs> After we get bigger, when we get bigger, then I'll, we'll do a comparison. <laughs> Then and now. <laughs> then and now, Kenny, Kenny will probably be selling selling millions and billions. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kenny, nice one. Yeah, grateful for the time. Nice one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. <laughs>